0: What a church to be in. Never fails to amaze me. Why is that? Because God is here. And where God is, things change. And where Jesus is, things come alive. We're doing the second part, the second part of the story of David and Goliath, but I'm not even sure we're going to get to the part where he actually kills Goliath. Most, most people, when they preach it, dive straight in. But there's so much before that. You see, this was an ordinary day for David. He got up that morning and to him, he, he didn't know he was going to face Goliath. The day started as normal. He's, he's just doing his caring for the sheep and the father. His father calls him in. He says, "I want you to take some provision for your brothers." God. And I gave you three things in the last week on how to bring down your Goliaths, yes, and I'll uh, quickly mention them again. The first one is you've got to be obedient to the Father. Yeah, You're going to do what the Father says. You're going to serve your brethren. And last of all, you've got to love your brethren. Yeah. When you do those three things, you're going to take down whatever Goliath means to you in yeah. your life. Yeah. Because your focus is on other people, yeah. not on yourself. Yes, amen. My Father in heaven has promised to look after me. Yeah. Yeah. My focus should never be on myself. My focus should always be on other people. Yeah, amen. And when my focus is that way, the Father says, I'll put a roof over your head. I'll put shoes on your feet. I'll put a meal on your table. Yeah. I will not fail you. Yeah. 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 Hallelujah. i a plumber when I need it. <laughs> <Lovely>. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Just an ordinary day. And I want to pick the story up. There's a lot we can learn on the way to Goliath. Listen, Goliath is not the problem. He's going down. Because my Father in heaven has said he's going down. Anyone who defies the Most High God is going down. Even in the age of grace. Yes. You defy the most high God, you're gonna lose. Yes. And it will be painful. It will be painful. Let me just read let me Oh, hallelujah. What's the title for the day? Father's Still Right. He was right last week and he's going to be right again this week. He's going to be right again next week. We not all. He never changes. He never changes. I model myself on him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You
0: can expect God's provision in the face of the enemy. God has promised to provide for you not dependent on the situation you are in or your surroundings. He said, when you go, take no thought. Jesus said, take no thought for what you're going to wear, do whatever, or eat. My father in heaven. He says, look at the birds. My father feeds them. When did you last have a bird knock your front door? When did you last have a bird turn up at food bank? When did you last hear a bird complain? You see, we're too dismissive. When you missed what I call the significant small things that God does, you're never going to see the big. But the word puts it this way, be faithful in the small things. And you'll bring you into the big things. I want to see every day something of my father in heaven working. Yes, amen. Yeah. And there's not a day goes by. Hallelujah. Oh, I preached this last Sunday morning and talked about a day, just an ordinary day in the life of David that turned into something he never expected. Well, last Sunday was like that for me.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm Wendy. Stood here preaching this stuff in the morning not knowing what was coming in the evening. I want to tell you in the evening a giant tried to walk into my family. A giant tried to take over a member of my family. But God was on the case. And one sentence straight from the Holy Spirit delivered that person and the ploy and the schemings of the enemy came to nothing. Yeah. And it was instantaneous. Hallelujah. She said, I see it. Yeah. Praise God. I see it. Oh, Hallelujah. And she was set free. Wendy traveling back Wednesday. Well, she got up Wednesday morning. She didn't take her own car. She traveled in somebody else's car. Yeah. And as they pulled away, I thought, oh, no, the back lights. It was 6 o'clock in the morning. Half the back lights weren't working on the car. And I'm thinking, where's this going to end up? And on the way home, just to cut it short, on the way home, there was a puncture in the tire. And uh, being two ladies in distress, neither one of them were trained to change a tire. I don't know why. I offered to buy her for our anniversary a carjack. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: it's a very good present if you got a puncher. Yeah, but
1: she can't a puncher.
0: Well she ought to be able to. Well, she's a lady, ain't she, <laughs> And so, to cut along a story short She did what many other people wouldn't do. She asked the Father. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. What do I mean by that last statement? Thank you, Lord. I'll tell you what I mean. This is what I felt God said to me during the week here. The people, some people in this church, have problems, have issues in their life, health-wise, financially, emotionally. I said, yeah, (laughs) that's right, Father. He said, they don't do what the Word says. What's that? Call for the elders of the church. I can probably name on my fingers the number of, over 30 odd years of being here, 37 years, the number of times people have come to me and said, can I call for the elders of the church?
1: And you don't get
0: the provision from God. Because the Bible says, if you don't ask, you don't receive I'm not chastising you. I'm just pointing something. I was shocked when God said that to me. He said, your people are not calling for the elders of the church when they are sick or when they have a problem. He said, you're dependent on words of knowledge or what the other gifts of the Spirit to reveal it. And he said, that's okay. That's covered in grace. But I want your people to be a people who quote and go for the word. Challenge, should not it? And do you know why Why people don't call for the elders? Because they're either embarrassed or they'll think I can sort this out. They'll think that I'm, I'm weak. They'll think that I'm not coping. when people don't call for the elders of the church, you're missing the provision that God has provided.
1: Tough one. Tough one.
0: Ask the elders of the church to pray for you. In asking, you are demonstrating immense faith. Go for it. Go for it. If you want to see your Goliath pulled down, do it God's way. Okay. let's <coughs> got the snout out of the way. I'm just trying to encourage you. I want you to receive. I want to receive. Okay. So, David. Let's get back to David. His father's always right. When Father speaks, when my heavenly father speaks, he's always right. I don't like it sometimes. Sometimes I'd sooner carry on with the problem. Like Dan said just now, one of my favorite quotes stop talking about the mountain and speak to God about the mountain. Speak to the mountain, it says about God my God is bigger than Everest my God is bigger than any mountain in your life and he wants to provide for you while you face that mountain so Jesse in, the, in, in 1 Samuel 17 that's where we're going again Jesse has said many times, if you read it through, to David go and take these provisions for your brothers. Go and take the provision that I've put together. My heavenly father has a provision for you while you face your enemy. Okay. So we know the story. He gives to David the provision, and David takes the provision. And arise at the camp with the cheeses or the pizzas, I called it last week. Take these pizzas, these deliverer. And that's who we are, who we're meant to be. We're meant to be people delivering the promises and the purposes of God into a starving world. Okay. It says in verse sixteen, the Philistine drew near and presented himself forty days, morning and evening. The enemy is out to upset your day. Oh, I didn't finish the story, did I? And I still got a puncher. I just realised I didn't finish the story. She's still got a puncher. She's deflated.
1: Tell the people,
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> she brings our Heavenly Father into the equation. Amen. Wonderful. What can you do, Lord? What can you do? So, they remember her and the lady that was with her, that there's a garage just down the road, so they go down the road. And of course in the garage being filled up with petrol is a van. And of course, it's got tires written right across it. Of course it has. I mean, it just happens every day of the week, doesn't it? Every, when's the last time you filled your car up with petrol and it was a tire van? Of course, it happens just like that, doesn't it? Every time I go into Asda and fill my car up, there's a van with tires written across it. Of course it is. No, it's not. So my wife being my wife <laughs> trundled up to this gentleman who was a bit rough and ready, she said. And she said, can you help and explain what had happened? And he just went like that to her. And he walked round the corner and there was another car with another gentleman, whether it was his boss, I don't know, or whatever. So Wendy followed him. Easily led.
1: No, like not true. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and she inquired of the other guy, explain the situation. We got to punch her, we got to get back to Plymouth. And and the guy went, okay. Okay. So the three of them went back to the car, opened up the back of the van, and then all the gear in there. To cut a long story short, changed, put the spare wheel on, which was one of these. Small safety wheel tire things, you know, that, that, that you, know, you can only do 50 miles an hour with, put that on the back. And when they took the front one off that was punctured, he said, These brakes are worn out. They're dangerous. Wendy says to him, Will they get us back to Plymouth? <laughs> and he doesn't answer her. Don't answer her. Oh, in every situation, but previous to this, God had actually told Wendy not to go in that car. You've been a bit naughty. A
1: bit naughty yeah.
0: But even when we get it wrong. God's grace yes, yes, Amen. is Amen. still there. Amen. And she's here. Yeah, thank God thank she is. They made it back. Thank thank God, she is. God provided. Amen. Even when she got it initially wrong. God. Expect. That's not an excuse for next time. But expect God's provision even when you don't yeah. deserve it. Yeah. David's brothers are going to get fed in the midst of a terrible situation. The Philistine comes out morning and evening. He's out to spoil your day. Yeah. Yeah. He's out to make you miserable. To make your day Starting in the morning full of fear and increase it so you don't even sleep at night. And fear is contagious. Fear is contagious unless it's dealt with. And so this fear creeps into the whole army of Israel. Saul's terrified, King Saul. The whole army is terrified by this giant. Now, logically speaking, I'll tell you how bad it was because it doesn't logically make sense to me. Saul, King Saul, had seen many victories when he followed God. When he turned away, he saw defeat. Saul had captains over his army. Captains had seen many victories. Why didn't Saul call his captains in and say, look, this guy comes out morning and evening. When he comes out tonight, we as an army are going to wipe him out. Does that make logical sense? Oh, a few are going to get killed. But we have, shall we say, 10,000, 20,000 men here that he's defying. He will not overcome 20,000 men. But when fear grips you, logic goes out the window. When fear grips you, you don't have a sense of a future. You can't see past the fear. But, of course, the the word says that the army were following Saul. So they're not following God. So their reaction is one of total fear. All they can see is this nearly 10-foot man, and he he was approximately nearly 10 foot tall. And he lays down a challenge that he will send me a man and we'll fight. And if the man fights, the Philistines will submit to Israel and we'll worship your God. But if I win, you have to worship our God and we'll take you over as slaves. Now,
1: little Joe,
0: It's going to stand up in a minute. <laughs> no, don't, don't get up. Say that. And she's going to take on a 10 man man. She's a soldier of Jesus Christ. Don't make sense, does it? But in Jesus, in Jesus, it does. In Jesus, you're more than an overcomer. But there's something going to happen that is very subtle in this story. Because we know the outcome that David takes down Goliath. But the enemy has got a counter plan running parallel with Goliath.
1: A cunning plan. And it comes from King Saul. King Saul says to his army,
0: whoever fights Goliath, I will give him my daughter in marriage, I will give him wealth, And his family will pay no more income tax for the rest of their lives in Israel. To the man who takes down Goliath. Sounds good, doesn't it? Sounds... What's the enemy up to? Saul wants the man who takes down Goliath under his control. So in marrying, he's prepared to marry off his daughter into a loveless marriage so that he can hang on to power. Shows you how far away from God he has become. He's selling his family to maintain his crown. Now, David gets to hear of this. Here's the subtle plan of the enemy. David hears that whoever takes down Saul gets to marry King Saul's daughter, and she wasn't bad looking. I mean, she wouldn't, you know, you want a bad bit of stuff. (laughs) He's going to get riches, but his family are going to be totally exempt from paying any of the taxes into Israel's treasury. Pretty good. Good deal. But because David doesn't reject the offer and say to Saul after he tried on Saul's armor and recognized that the armor of Saul was not, he was not equipped physically or never tested it to see if it was any good. But because he never rejected the offer of King Saul, he was laying up trouble for himself in years to come. Because it's David's wife who criticizes him when they bring the ark back into Jerusalem. It is David's wife who ends up barren in a loveless marriage because David never recognized the voice of the enemy whilst doing what was right. I would say to you this morning that you need to be very careful on what you hear, especially if you're facing a Goliath in your life. Because the enemy, he tried it with Jesus. He said, If you will bow down and worship me, I'll give you the kingdoms of the world. You don't need to go to a cross. There's no need for the cross, Jesus. Just bow down and worship me and all the kingdoms of the world will be yours. What he forgot to remember or what he didn't mention is they were his anyway. When you don't recognize the comments that will come your way, In the midst of facing a Goliath, you are stacking up trouble for the future. David should have said to Saul, Thank you for your offer, but no thank you. I'll fight him anyway. But something in David, those words that he heard, had penetrated him, it had penetrated his mind. And because of that, he was going to live a troubled life and ended up in trouble with committing adultery. What may have happened to you way back, if you have words spoken over you, promising you something, running parallel with facing a big situation, reject the words. It doesn't matter who they come from. You focus on taking down your Goliaths. And God will provide. Because the steps of a righteous person are ordered by the Lord. father says to david take this to your brothers and bring back news tell me how things are going when you come back we're going to have a chat we'll spend a couple hours i'll debrief you i want to know where things are going not too good are they not too good because he doesn't come back with that report It overtakes David. And I said last week, the anointing that you carry will bring you into places that you never dreamed of before you received that anointing. But it will bring problems your way. The anointing stirs up trouble. It's meant to. It's meant to. And we know the story. David gets anointed over his brothers. His brothers are paralyzed with fear because the word says in one they they're following Saul. Who you follow, you become like. What you listen to, you become like. Unless you switch it off. Unless you reject it. I see the battle scene. Philistine army with Goliath on one side of the mountain, the valley. And the army of Israel, well, no, that's not right. An army on the other side. Because they didn't represent the Israel of God. But they were an army. And there's a lot of shouting going on. There's a lot of interchange, exchange verbally, but there's no fighting.
1: John, just bring that word, would you? Got that mic there down, please. you take it to John? I ask
0: you, What are your eyes fixed on today? Are they fixed on the darkness that is in this world? Or are they fixed on on my promises? I say, turn your eyes away from the darkness and the destruction you see every day and turn them to me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I came that you might have life and have it, have it abundantly. I have laid a path before you for a long and abundant life. Amen. 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 <coughs> the choices you make The choices you make are influenced by what you see and hear. All our choices are influenced by what we see and what we hear. That is until you receive an anointing. And you've received an anointing when you got born again, saved, you gave your life to Jesus Christ. And then there's another voice, a still, small voice
1: that never shouts, That says to Wendy, don't get in that car.
0: Still a small voice. But it's an easy voice to shut out. it will never stop talking to you. But it's an easy voice to rationalize away. A voice that says it's inconvenient or... I'm so gripped with fear. I'm so gripped with disappointment. I've I've, I've trusted God before, and it doesn't seem to have come good. I've been this way before. I've walked this way before. I've heard all these sermons before about faith and rising up and being a man or a, a woman of God. Heard it all before, and I'll just... I'll just join in the praise and the worship. I'll be there every Sunday. But I don't know if I can go any further than that because I'm disappointed, (coughs) disillusioned a little bit. But I still believe in God. But I haven't seen him working on my behalf for a long, long time. You see, this was the picture in the valley. One side, the Philistine, he comes every morning and every evening. And the other army is shouting back. It's easy to shout. It's easy as an ongoing Christian sometimes to enter into praise and a little bit of worship and to go back out that door at the end of the morning the same as what you come in we've all done it see shouting doesn't crack it you can shout at the enemy as much as you like it doesn't crack it you've got to take the word of God which is the sword of the spirit And you've got to chop his head off. Oh, I've been around a lot of years now. recognize that. <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, I've heard all the teachings, I think. Pretty sure I've heard most of the teachings. On faith, not having faith. More faith, three steps to faith, (laughs) 10 keys to faith. Heard it all. But when Goliath walks into your life, it's just you and Goliath. Well, that's not quite true. Because round about me are the everlasting arms. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit live within me. I put on the armor of God, but my back is laid bare. But the Old Testament and the Psalms, it says, God is your rearward defense. You're covered. You're covered. But when I face my Goliath, I like people around me.
1: I like people to go Oh. My God.
0: now I will say I don't get any of that from my wife (laughs) all my married life from the day she tricked me at the aisle she said meet me at this church will you at half past two I, I want to ask you something Um, I turned up and there's all these people I knew with suits on, and I just turned up. She said, "Come down the front." She had this white dress on. She said, "Come down the front." And the and the guy at the front said to me, "Do you?" I said, "I do." He said, "You're married." I said, "Am I?" There's one thing I've got to know, and it's this, when I'm facing my Goliath. Because my Goliath will accuse me of everything. But this is what the Word says, and you being dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision your flesh, he is made alive together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses the first thing i have to remember is i am forgiven Amen. Thank you, Lord. his grace covers me completely you, i can't take on goliath when i'm looking over my shoulder thinking am i am i i did that last week does that mean that no no i am totally forgiven the blood of jesus christ Amen. forgives all unrighteousness. I had a debate with a certain gentleman in this church a few weeks ago He said to me, God's not going to ever forgive me. I've gone too far. Ah. I said, so you don't believe the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness? No, he said. I said, you believe in a limited atonement? Yeah. I said, well, you're wrong. Yeah, definitely. You're totally wrong. Definitely. You're listening to the wrong voice. Yeah, but I heard God speak to me and he said I'd gone too far. No, I said, I don't doubt what you heard. I'm not challenging what you've heard. I'm challenging the source of what you have heard. An angel of light has spoken to you. And you've believed a lie. Yeah. You wouldn't accept, or at that moment, you wouldn't accept what I was saying. He, he left. We didn't fall out. He just left. But I am convinced that the blood of Jesus Christ yeah. has cleansed me yeah. from all yeah. unrighteousness. Yeah. Therefore, I can stand in the armor of Christ, yeah. the armor put my... my armor on. I have a right to put that armor on, and I have a right to see because Jesus defeated him on the cross. He defeated Satan on the cross. He defeated the equivalent of the Old Testament equivalent of Goliath on the cross. When I stand in his victory, fully clothed, not lashing out with a sword, but doing all, just standing. The enemy goes down. Every time. Every time. We saw it last Sunday evening. Never expected it. Never expected it in that day. What came at the end of of our Sunday? The attack on me. But expecting when we did recognize that there's gonna be victory here. And I remember Wendy saying in in discussion, this is not gonna happen on my watch. Amen. It's not gonna happen on your watch unless you want it to. So far, you've come so far, but you're going no further. The only well that's not true. The only place you are going is down. And if I am sick, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call for the elders of the church. Oh. Oh. Well, I'll just put it on the prayer chain. No, you will call for the elders of yeah, the church. I
1: will. The prayer of faith will raise the sick. If you
0: want to see. Your Goliath go down. And having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, there was an immense list. A list was made way big against me. So I was born in sin. I was born in sin. You see, sin isn't what we do, pardon. Now, sin isn't what you do. Sin is a result of a sinful nature. Yeah. So you sin because your nature is to sin. But When Jesus comes into your life, he removes that old nature. It has to go. And a new nature comes to you. And everything that was written... In God's list against you is removed. And he says I remove it as far as the east is from the west and north is from the south or the top is from the bottom. He said I just remove it. It's gone. Yeah but, but God do you remember when And I'm so sorry I did it. He said I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. Stop talking like that. I don't know it, and I know everything, but I've wiped it out. The handwriting of requirements that was against me has been wiped out. My Goliath has gone. My past Goliath have been wiped out because of Jesus Christ, the Savior of my soul. And having, having disarmed, Principalities and powers. Oh, I tell you, it got, it's got me into some trouble years ago, this one. There was a whole movement that believed in Plymouth, a whole, whole group of guys who believed in Plymouth that we should be pulling down principalities and powers over Plymouth. So much so that they rented a tall building and went up to the top of the tall building <laughs> and prayed against landlines and goodness knows what, Prince of Palette. he's in powers over Plymouth. And I said to them, I said, well, you know, okay, if that's what you believe, I'm, you know, it's not for me. Well, we pulled down prostitution, we pulled down drug taking. I said, that's, that's lovely. I said, why did it take place last night? How long did you pull it down for? Because it's happening again tonight. Yeah, of course it is. The way to pull down principalities and powers is to preach the Word. The way to open up darkness, the way to remove darkness, is to bring the light of the Word of Jesus Christ in. The apostles in the book of Acts said, pray that that we might have the boldness to preach to share the goodness, the light of Jesus Christ, which pushes back the darkness. We don't spend time taking on what has already been disarmed. Think about it. If he's disarmed it, why am I still trying to fight the battle that he's already fought for me? If an enemy is disarmed... You don't have a problem with that enemy. You just walk into it and take his land. Amen. You know we're an army of occupation, not an army of invasion. We're not invading the kingdom of darkness. This is ours. This is belongs to God. The enemy is the one who tries to invade, tries to take back what has already been won. When I have won something, it's mine. It's mine. You can't take it from me, it's mine. You, 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 You got beaten. We need to walk. We need to walk in the truth of the disarming of Jesus Christ. First of all, I am forgiven totally. Now I'll walk in that forgiveness. And I'll declare the goodness of God in the land of the living.
1: I'm not going to finish it. I'm not going to
0: finish it. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. In what? In the cross. In the cross. I know in this gathering this morning, I know people watching this online, and future will be watching it online, You got some Goliaths in your life, or a Goliath in your life, which is mocking you. Says it will never change. Says you haven't got the power, you're not seeing the anointing flowing. It's not true. It's not true. First of all, look around. Look around you. Look around at the people that have moved in the anointing. People that have been healed. People that have had needs met in the face of an extreme enemy. God suddenly turning up. Look around and say for yourself, well, if he does it for them and God has no favorites, he'll do it for yeah, me.
1: Shame, Thank you,
0: Lord. you can do it for me. He's done it for me. Think back in your own life. How many times has God met your need? Well, I can name two. That's because you're not looking in the right place. What did you have for tea last night? Who supplied it? Well, Wendy cooked it. it?" it. No, I said, who supplied it? Well, Wendy bought it. No, I said, who supplied it? well, Asda provided it. No, they didn't. My father in heaven provided Amen, uh, it. Well, that's too simple. That's going ridiculous. No, it's not. not I see God in everything. Yeah, that's good. He gave me the ability to pay for that food. Yeah. Well, I work for it. No, you, No, 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 no. God gave it to you. I see God moving in my life every day of the week. So how then will he deny me when I have a bigger need? He's promised to provide for me. And the Bible says, God, it is impossible for God to lie. I mean, that is a cracker, isn't it? It's impossible for him to lie. I know that he will provide for me when I'm facing a giant in my life. I also know that he will provide for me, which is another story which we'll get to later in the year, that he will provide for me when I'm in a famine. He will do it. He's done it all my life all my life he won't deny me now he won't let me down now oh, amen. and the closer I get to glory the closer I come to the end of my life the more I realise wow how great he is oh, he's wonderful oh, you know I'm going to see certainly an astounding event take place very soon I'm going to witness it. So I know nothing can happen to me till I see that event. I'm not saying anything was going to happen to me afterwards. I don't know, but I know nothing's going to stop that event. Do you know what it is? The birth of my next
1: grandchild.
0: So I walked up to her house early part of this year before she ever got pregnant and i stood across the road i was about to cross the road and god showed me a picture of my daughter stood in the window holding a baby Lovely.
1: Lovely.
0: holding a baby Lovely. against every possibility there was no possibility of that happening my god provided yeah. my other grandson harry, oh, harry. little harry he's no six do you know what his dad did yesterday Or no, you don't do you? of course you don't <laughs> not part of the family <laughs> a stupid thing to say isn't it <laughs> Dave's wife vicky was playing netball up in bristol yesterday she didn't know David said to Harry and his younger sister Molly, "We're going to, have to watch Mummy play basket and that So they did that, and he popped in just before he, in the morning. He popped in home and he said, "Do you know what I'm going to do afterwards?" I said, "No." We're going to take Harry to the hospital where he was born because Harry wants to know what happened. And they sent us a picture, didn't they? Of Harry stood outside Bristol Children's Hospital. And what was the phrase Dave used? How blessed, forever thankful. He didn't use the word God, yes. but he knew. Yes. And I remember the morning after Harry was born, I was stood in the, out in the roadside outside the hospital with David and Vicky. And they had just taken Harry to have his major operation. And they were naturally upset. And I said to them, God said to me, tell them this, there will be a baby in the nursery. And there was.
1: And there is.
0: You see, God meets you at your point yes. of need, yes. when you're facing a giant yes, on behalf of somebody else, yes. God will speak to yes. you and pull that giant down yes, amen. in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. My God's faithful.
1: Amen. Yes, sir. But I don't want
0: to hear other voices Well, I'm on a mission for the Father. I don't want to get taken in by promises of wealth, fortune that are not from God Just do what God says. If you're on a mission to deliver some pizza, some some. Nourishment, spiritual pizza for somebody else this week. Don't get taken in by anything else because you'll reap it in further life. Amen? Amen? Let's stand together. Bible says live one day at a time. Because sufficient for the day is the evil. There's enough evil in today to challenge you. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. Yeah, but but now but just butt out. Butt out. Don't worry about tomorrow. This is the day that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be glad in it. The challenge today is to rejoice and be glad in it, knowing that your heavenly Father has you covered and he will provide for today. And when tomorrow comes, you'll be able to look back and say, I got through yesterday, Father. Thank you. When my giant says, it was the end, when my giant says it's over, you said, no, you've given me another day. And I'll find you in now. I'll find you again. And you'll provide. Father, I pray, goodness and mercy. Your goodness and your mercy will follow us all the days of our lives because we put our trust in you. It makes no difference to me what the medical people say. I'll listen to them. I don't put them down. But what matters to me is what my Father in heaven says. Because He has the first word and He'll have the last word. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning of my salvation and He'll be the end and the end of my salvation. And there is no end. Father, strengthen us in our weaknesses. Bless us. Freshen up that anointing that we have received. Let us come after desire, spiritual things, Lord, in which there is life, and life more abundantly. In Jesus' name, Amen. Knock the person next door and say, "You better." Do.